This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast covering all elite wrestling and the elite extended universe. I may be. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Mike Spears. What's up, Mike? Hey, y'all. It's your old pal, Iron Mike Spears. I'm doing all right. You know, I, I thought you were going to lead off with uh, Adam Cole do a load of laundry, but, you know, I appreciate yeah. the trying oh, yeah. true. You're right. I, I said that was going to be my new bit. So uh, we are now, well, I can't remember when that came out, but let's just say, what, three days? We're now three days of me telling Adam Cole to do the fucking laundry. You know, my man does this whole interview where he's like, gosh, Britt uh, works so hard. She works all day at the dental practice. She goes to the gym. Then she comes home. She's got to do the laundry. Buddy, put down the uh, massively multiplayer online games and do some laundry. What do you think, Nate? Uh, have to disagree, Aaron. Um, I think Adam has his priorities in order. Of course, uh, with Endwalker having just launched last week, I totally understand anybody shirking all of their other worldly responsibilities in order to play massively multiplayer online uh, games of all types. So that's my take on that. Also, I'm I've retired from laundry. I'm done. I'm done doing laundry. This is my new. I don't know if I've. I've I feel like I've discussed this with everyone else in my life, but maybe not with you guys. This is my new luxury spending. Is I'm no longer doing laundry. I'm going and paying people to do my laundry. I'm I'm, I'm fed up with folding and washing and all of it. I'm over it. So you're going fluff and fold then? Uh, I don't know if they fluff it. I think fluffing might be an urban legend. Um, (laughs) 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 But they certainly... (laughs) I don't know, know, Nate. Some fields of industry, fluffing is not an urban legend. They certainly wash and fold it. Uh, and then I go pick it up, and I put it in the little drawers, and then I'm I'm done. It doesn't take up my whole fucking afternoon. You know, you could do things while you do laundry, right? I don't really. Um, I mean, you know, what? Watch something? What am I going to watch? I don't watch things. Watch something? Go run an errand while the stuff's in the washer or the dryer. I mean, it it, it does not consume all of your time. It consumes like. 10 minutes at one point, 10 minutes at a time. It, it's not just claiming your day unless you immediately like start ironing right afterwards. Like, uh, but, no, but, yeah, but no, you don't, I don't iron. I, yeah. uh, I don't have a television or anything in my bedroom where I fold and put the clothes away. Um, so yeah, it, it, it takes too long and I hate it. So I'm, I'm never doing it again. I support uh, not doing anything really. I mean, if you can get someone else to do it and it's not like, you know, ridiculously expensive and i don't think getting your laundry done is actually that expensive no it's really kind of a bargain at least in terms of the uh the quality of life upgrade it it poses as compared to the cost sure uh you know i was gonna say 10 minutes i mean by the time i fold all the laundry it takes me forever but i usually listen to you know a podcast or whatever some music yeah i mean i got something going uh, but then, you know, every every three items you fold, you got to look at your phone and see what's happening. Sure. So I really, you know, I said afternoon, it really takes the whole day. It takes almost <laughs> nine, ten hours. Well, it's, I, I, it's my week how, to do laundry. So I have already been dreading uh, the, the weekend that's approaches. That's what I'm saying. Stick I that love shit doing in the car. laundry. Okay, you're crazy. Stick that yeah. shit in the car. Find a place that'll do it. 
you know, pay them for their labor. <laughs> uh, and Sarah will be none the wiser. Actually, Sarah will probably be like, wow, Aaron, really unusually good job folding the clothes this week. <laughs> well, see, she would definitely notice because I fold things in like very specific ways. So she would absolutely notice. I've never been satisfied with my folding either. That's part of it. It's the I t-shirt fold that fucks you up. Yeah. Yeah, just never never have gotten a consistent fold. I I have a I have a method for each item of clothing, the way I okay. fold it. Yeah. Well, well, what's your method? It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can't well, us. But I mean, uh the t-shirt like shirt folding is just completely uh ripped from Marie Kondo. So you bring the first side in halfway. You fold the sleeve back over top I of the... I changed my mind. I don't want to hear this. This is Half boring. of the shirt. You do the other one. This is still gone. You bring it up yeah, until yeah. it's about uh, three inches from oh. the top of the shirt to where you folded it up. And then you and, fold and, over and, like two, three times. And, and Aaron, how do you determine the three inches? Do you have a, a roller with you? A tape <laughs> Brother, measure? <laughs> that's, that's an easy one for me to eyeball. I wasn't going to go that way. <laughs> My bit was going to be being incredibly interested in your folding habits. But oh, okay, sorry. Jeez, I'm I'm trying to support. I'm I'm trying to be the supportive one here. I I like doing laundry because I like finding zen in everyday life. Because if I don't, then I go insane. So like <laughs> no, doing I, dishes, I have no zen. stuff like that. No zen here to find. You just need the moments to just get your mind off stuff. And for me, it's uh, I was doing laundry today and, you know, it, it was going great. Did laundry before uh, Dynamite came on. And, you know, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot more at peace. I had a stressful day and I'm glad I did laundry. Yeah, I've never felt better after doing laundry. So we just, I think, you we know, are just you know what feels people, even better than doing laundry, Aaron? Tell Not me. doing laundry and still <laughs> having fresh, clean clothes. Yeah, that's sick because it's bad when you don't and it's like, fuck, I haven't done the laundry and now I'm out of underwear or whatever. It's like, uh, that's uh, that's brutal. It's brutal. Okay, well, that's uh, our bit at the top of the show. We'll see if if laundry talk comes back next week. I'm going mean, to promise it will never come back again. I don't know. Probably will because I'm going to want to hear about how. It's going for Nate uh, with. Oh, uh, I've been doing it for a while. It's going great. Oh, have you? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, I so. did. Yeah. Well, I also, you know, I, I, I also, I, I imagine Mike probably has laundry in his home. I don't have laundry machines in my home, so I got to go down to the basement. Oh yeah, that's real. And I stuff. did make a tweet that I broke one of the dryers because I was mad at it, and that was the point at which I was no longer going to do, ever do laundry, and that's when I started. Okay. So. Okay. Now you have like proper justification. I completely understand now. Like, you yeah. don't want to deal with the community, like, once there are people, like, hovering over the laundry yeah, machines. You, you, yeah, you don't want to yeah. leave your shit in there, and then somebody else might come and take it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Completely justified now. I've reverted this. However, I will still do laundry weekly and feel great about it. Yeah, I wonder how I would... Okay, let's move on. Elite. My Elite. I'm going to start off. Okay, hold on. We're, I've, we haven't even done the plugs yet, so... Uh, Man, I got, I got massively multiplayer online games to get back to, Aaron. Let's go. Pick up the pace. Well, I need to go to bed, so I uh, couldn't agree more. At Everything AEW is our Twitter. That was a bad attitude. I'm going to have a good attitude about this show. If you're listening, be excited. Don't turn it off because I had a bad attitude. Uh, Twitter. I'm <laughs> at Aaron Like the Car. Nate's at Epitasis. Mike's at Fuji. Hey, ah. Uh. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, whatever podcast app you use or go to our link tree you can find it there 
Give us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. And of course, the best way to support the show uh, is to go to patreon.com slash everything elite and subscribe. Yes, as Nate has suggested, we very often, basically always, start the show with elite or delete, where we say our favorite and least favorite things from the show. Nate kicks it off. So Nate, what was your favorite thing from tonight's show? A rare selection for the podcast. MJF's homecoming to Long Island here absolutely delighted me. I was a little bit surprised. I actually thought that Long Island might play along and might boo him uh, in this in this homecoming appearance. You know, his his mother and his father play along and they boo him and they say that he sucks, etc. So I kind of thought that Long Island might might take their lead. And be like, this guy is such a great heel that we're even going to boo him in his hometown. But no, we didn't get that. We got your typical uh, returning hero here. And they really responded like this was a top guy. And there was a nice bit of business at the top with his uh, video where he had, what was it, a Ferrari? And he drove it to his high school football field. Uh, That was cute. I love uh, you know, the 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 All-State, is that what it was? All-State uh, football player was, you know, a great little detail. But the All-State choir member, tenor two, an even better detail. The crowning detail, member of the barbershop quartet, the Acafellas. Love that. Uh, Aaron Provolone on Twitter said they really missed an opportunity to have a, uh, a reunion of the Acafellas on this show. And I couldn't agree more about that. Would have been killer if he came out with the Acafellas and maybe did, I don't know, sang somebody's theme song. Uh, and then, after all this, you get the great reaction from the crowd. Hot crowd all night. Considerably improved show, I think, this week. And a lot of it, it goes to two things, I think. The crowd being hot. And also, just focusing on the talent that I think should be focused on more, which they did up and down this show. Uh, and then MJF goes in. They do the Battle Royale. You know, not super in- intricately laid out like they've done in some of these past battle royales, um, but you get some great work from MJF and Wardlow with MJF running and taking the cheap shots on guys and getting big reactions for it. Uh, and then, as I think Aaron predicted, we get the swerve from Dante Martin where he turns on Team Taz, throwing out the other guy, Ricky Starks, right? Yeah, it's Ricky. Yeah. Uh, and setting up Dante Martin and MGF as the final two for the final next week. And then some some even more fun business with MGF uh, coming back to make the big baby face save at the end, uh, and then just, you know, doing a heel beat down instead. So uh, I thought that was a, an absolute delight, the exact sort of right tone for what MGF should be doing. Uh, and really between this and the CM Punk segment, they really, uh, I think, turned around this feud which was you know really kind of becoming grating yeah doing the full-on nfl films ass voiceover for him going to his high school football stadium was awesome like just about it and i have a feeling because i saw him tweet i think we all did uh john carlo i think it's i'm gonna try to pronounce his last name diatamo was uh mentioned that he did both a wwe and an aew uh, video this week john carlo of course was the kind of the magic behind the rise of joy janela spring break in gcw he was with wwe for about two years before he was laid off in the pandemic but 
that video was like one i was dying at that like the aquafellas part was really like the uh it, it it was the bow on the present there and then just everything with that battle royal they they did a solid job you know of having various storylines going through it i mean you had the whole team taz dante and leo you had uh mjf eliminating wardlow you have now i guess jay lethal versus matt hardy that'll be a great few they'll only be on elevation and then uh then Ooh, we an optimist on the show here Oh, oh, that 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 was dripping in cynicism there. That that that's gonna suck shit. Uh, but then the way that they've kind of like, I felt like the the genius about this is that they had CM Punk come out to MJF's theme starting the show, kind of got a weird reaction there, and then as soon as they said the Battle Royals coming up next, I was like, okay, I get what they're doing here. They had CM Punk out there to kind of set the stage for MJF, so it's not like a crazy reaction it's just kind of like let's the long island which is a notorious bad crowd in pro wrestling and just kind of like set the stage for the reaction there then you hit it with like the big nfl films video there then you had mjf come out there and then the post-match stuff mjf whenever mjf doesn't have to talk he is one of my favorite people in this promotion just because everything about this tonight was perfect from him here totally co-signed with this being the top elite of the week that's what we're gonna call it now nate since you get the first one you have the top elite so that was a, a suitable one yeah it was good i mean can't really add much to that it was excellent it's fun seeing like mjf I don't want to see MJF as a baby face, but it's fun seeing him do like baby facey things. Like the it, the thing that really put it over the top for me was like him up against the barricade, like with the fans on him. That was so funny because, you know, his whole thing is like hating everyone in the crowd. And so it's like that inversion was very funny to me and, and brought me joy. So, yeah, great performance from MJF tonight. A, a super fun thing once a year. Because, you know, he, his whole thing is, you know, he's never breaks character. He's always going to keep kayfabe. He's always the super heel. And to maintain that character, but once a year, get to go and just do something goofy and fun is like perfect. Absolutely. All right, Mike, it's on you, bud. What was your elite pick for this week? Well, I'm going off the board, Aaron. My elite pick of the week, Rocky Romero. Rocky was so great in the Young Bucks versus Chaos uh, tag team match. Just well, whenever like I, I get to see Rocky Romero, and it, and it made me kind of think about this. Like Rocky has been so awesome for so long, and as someone who does not regularly watch New Japan now, I know he's not been really wrestling as much in New Japan even before this when he kind of shifted to managing Rapongi 3K. Being able to like see him in the ring and just like be smooth as hell just awesome he has great gear everything that he does is amazing and and he's kind of the glue of this match that he had uh one of aaron's least favorite thing a whole lot of flash pen attempts of the crowd by this time the crowd was kind of dying off a little bit the crowd bought into all the flash pens he was doing and it just looked really awesome and then you know I, I'm saving the big thing for the post-match because that's its own A. I saw that Rocky was awesome. And each time I see Rocky in AEW, I was like, all right, I know you're obvious in New Japan, so you aren't going to 
like do this full time. But each time I see Rocky Romero, I'm like, damn, I want more Rocky Romero in AEW. And that was like my, my big thing. Like I was already enjoying this episode. This was a good episode, but Rocky Romero just having another like reminder of how truly great of a wrestler he is. Put a smile on my face. So yeah. Hell yeah. Azucar. Yeah, this was another highly enjoyable segment. Really, the theme of what I talk about in this episode is probably just going to be focusing on the the people that I want to see, the people I'm fond of, um, and, you know, acts like the best friends with Ashley Chuck wrestling a match is novel, uh, and we got to see him. I did think this was like, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks still, somebody said this on Twitter. Uh, I think it was Strenuous Man Flurry said this that the Bucks have a four-star floor, basically, which is still true. I mean, you know, maybe it's a little a little exaggerated, but this was like, oh, the Bucks were like almost a half step off in this match. They were not as smooth as they usually are, um, but they're both, you know, coming off uh, being banged up and Nick had hurt his ankle previously. Um, so, you know, maybe they had a little rust or whatever, but despite that, you know, poses no real obstacle to having a great match and having a great segment. Um, and then you get Rocky, Chuck, the interplay with Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole. I think that's a really good feud for Adam Cole with both of those guys being hugely overact. Uh, and then you get the big return of Trent, which was awesome with Sue. Um, it's like, I don't know. This just felt, this feels more like my AEW. We're getting away from, uh, your Jay Lethals and your, Bobby Fishes and all these guys, and it's the Young Bucks versus the fucking best friends. But now you have the full cast there with Adam Cole and, and Trent Beretta, et cetera. So uh, it was just very encouraging to me and very fun. And, you know, whenever Sue shows up, it's just very fundamentally sweet to me. Yes, this was delightful in lots of ways. And Rocky and Trent are two guys that I view similarly in a lot of ways in that I think they're both outrageously underrated as singles wrestlers they're both kind of keyed in as tag guys and i think both of them whenever they get shots at uh prolonged singles runs and primarily for rocky that's been in like best of the super juniors or whatever they're just fucking excellent like still i mean i guess we haven't seen a lot of trent singles matches in a while but i anticipate he would still be great i said in the discord tonight i would love for this trent return to be like a little bit of a push where maybe it tops out at he loses a world title shot on dynamite or whatever, but that kind of singles push I would love to see for Trent. But yeah, I agree. A lot of guys I liked and uh, I agree with you, Mike, that Rocky, he just rocks, you know, he's a LA dojo guy. I don't think he gets the respect uh, as a, like a worker yeah. that, uh, that I think he deserves, uh, but he rocks. Yeah, because like you have like him with the Havana Pitbulls, that was a great tag team. You have him No Remorse Core, that was awesome. Like both times, like all three of them together there. And then you had him with like Forever Hooligans. Like this guy, like low key, might be like one of the fifty best wrestlers of the past twenty years. Just no one talks about it. He's he's amazing. I have to uh, disagree, mostly because. The only time you ever hear anybody talk about Rocky Romero is to talk about how underrated he is and how he's actually really great. So uh, I'm going to do a Bill Simmons. He's so underrated that he's become properly rated now. Well, good. I'm glad that he's getting a reassessment there. 
Okay, but uh, have you ever been? I can't tie this together. I was gonna try to do a bit about the Bill Simmons book of basketball pool, like the intro to the book of basketball about the just fucking weird scene at the pool that he does. <laughs> Who would be the Isaiah oh, Thomas? Was, yeah, it was Isaiah Thomas. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it starts out with like something about something very misogynistic that I cannot remember now. Um, was he talking so, about how good Tracy Lords was in porn when she was 14? Well, that also happens because he I loves to do that. I think he was just talking about like other women at the pool, maybe, and somehow relating it to his wife being like an old hag or, or something to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> As I recall, I don't know. Patrick Cosmos will uh, will remind me of what the what the correct answer is. Okay, I think it's my turn for my elite. I'm gonna go on board on brand. It's Riho. Riho's my elite pick. I was checking out Elevation this week, and Riho was in the first match, and I was like, God damn, Riho's good. I just love seeing Riho. She comes out in this match, puts on just an insanely good babyface performance. This match started out a little rough. Like I thought the pacing was kind of weird, or there was just they weren't on the same page, and they brought it all together. And Riho's ability, you know, part of it is just like physically, the fact that she's so small makes like i mean if i weren't just saying Riho, my elite pick would be that backbreaker that jamie Hayter did to Riho because that was one of the just nastiest spots i've seen in a little while so that's great she does great uh facial expressions the weird tweet that was going around about like what Britt baker was like uh slamming her into the turnbuckle pad on rampage or whatever it's like no Riho's just good so yeah, she was great here. Her offense looked great. I thought when you have Riho, little bitty Riho, and Jamie, who is like tough, you know, she's like thick and like she's muscled up. And Riho is like doing her little offense and it looks impactful. I thought Riho was great from that perspective. So I don't know. Everything was great here. Riho's great. Uh, they should have Riho wrestle more. Yep. You got it. Pretty much. Um, yeah, I've talked a lot about Riho's offense. Like, she does her double stomp or whatever, and it looks like she's actually putting, I mean, maybe she is just putting her entire weight into it, uh, but she uses that to her advantage so it doesn't look, you know, silly despite the despite the size differential or whatever. Um, yeah, they should have a wrestler more. Uh, what did you think of the blue gear? You know, it, it, it really, I think, was kind of striking because it was I guess the the exact opposite of her normal like white and pink gear and she already does something that's not at all common in American wrestling and like her gear is very like frilly which not a lot of like other women don't even really do um so I think that that sets her apart in a good way um but I don't know I didn't I didn't I couldn't decide if I like the blue gear or not that's all Nate are you wondering whether I would like Riho in blue and white Blue and white. Is, is that, that oh, Kentucky? Is that an actual question? Like, <laughs> <laughs> of course, she looked great in blue and white. I don't, know. I, don't know. On her. I don't know if that shade of blue is her color. There's probably a shade of blue that's her color, but I don't know if it's that shade. First of all, any shade of blue or any color is Riho's color, and I uh, am offended that you would suggest otherwise. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't Kentucky blue. It wasn't. It wasn't really, but... It was Duke Blue. 
Okay, it was not. Oh, let's wow. let's oh. step off with that. Let's okay. Get the fuck out of here with that. That's not <laughs> what happened. <laughs> it was a darker blue. That's a Duke blue. Uh, I'm being factual here. My, my TV is calibrated correctly. Yeah, we're going to need to get out uh, the eyedropper tool and, and put this to the test. <laughs> <laughs> get the Pantone kit out. Sure. Uh, I, the gear, I mean, one of the great things about the gear was that it stood out, right? Because she does normally do the, the pink and white. And I was like, oh, hey, here's Riho in this blue color. I'm not sure like what the purpose like if it was supposed to tell me something she's not fucking johnny gargano out here i guess with easter eggs in her gear <laughs> so i guess i don't have to worry about that fuck i hated that tweet it made me so mad um so i don't know but i thought it was cool and we haven't even said this yet Riho won with her finisher how exciting yeah it was good yeah it looks sweet uh i i appreciate like the willingness of like Maybe this is like level of comfort with like Jamie and Rio, like knowing like okay, we can go for it in a way that worked out here, Aaron. Because I know how much you talk about your seven wrestlers that should be in every single women's match. Well, we had two of them here, I believe. But I believe Jamie's on that list as well. Am I right? Well, Rio was not on the list because she oh. was not in America. So I've right. I've now changed it to the Elite Eight. Yes, including the Elite Rio. Eight. Sorry, the Elite Eight. Yeah, and. I think the familiarity there is what like made this work because like you, you, you see, like, I mean, they face off countless times in stardom when, uh, Riho was hanging out in stardom for whatever reason that she was, but, uh, it just worked. And I appreciate anyone who's willing to like ragdoll themselves and then just like lay out for like two sick double stomps. I'm going to be here for, so it, it was just like fun across the board. I couldn't agree more. All right, our listener elite uh, is from our friend Vote UJ. Uh, if you want to be on the listener elite or delete, you just got to be a patron. Go to our Discord. It's where we do it. Vote UJ elite Malachi Black turning heel by misting the only true face of AEW, Julia Hart. Well, I think he was supposed to already be a heel, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Except yeah, he I wonder. Was- paired with cody so it just you know, didn't right. work out that way right uh i did think this was funny uh the funniest part uh you know and endemic to the AEW to the back mentality was like julia hart gets misted in the face the mist is not very visually legible on screen like it just kind of looks like he's spitting and they say oh it's black mist uh it could be like blacker that would be good uh, but then next guy was like, oh, that's the black mist that blinded pack. We need some medical attention for Julia Hart. We need some medical attention for Julia Hart. Coming up next is our main event. That was funny to me. You know, it's just like <laughs> not not playing this, you know, seriously at all. Just immediately being like, hey, here's a goofy wrestling thing that's happening. I also do wonder if uh, there used to be a website years back, like on somebody's GeoCities or something that that listed all the different types of mist in wrestling. And it was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, the green mist means they're poisoned and the black mist means this. And it was it's obviously corrupting. just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, it was some pro fan that like, you know, cobbled this together from however many mist events they could put together. And it's like the little fandom thing. Twist. Mike made the website. <laughs> Hey, uh, guys, come on. <laughs> we don't need to dox my websites. I thought I'd clear them all off the internet. And anyway, I wonder if uh, Tony Khan just like has that saved and just like 
thinks it's real and that's why he's like oh the black mist means this <laughs> that's kind of how i imagine tony khan being like no 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 no. there's meanings to all the different mists you guys and then he has you know he he hands like a a 12 page printout to kenny omega and kenny's like yeah okay tony yeah no i i could totally see like it's like all right we, this is the black mist and then whenever like the kool-aid powder or ink or whatever like they give them the packet it's like make sure no it cannot be the blue mist the blue mist does this however the black mist is what you what you really want here i i, I made a tweet that i still fully believe in so this is nate i, I don't know if you saw this one when i made this one maybe it is the corrupting uh mist because then we get a house of black of punished Cody Rhodes, Blind Pack, and now Evil Julia. Maybe that's what the House of Black is. Well, uh, Cubs fan did make a, a good pointed tweet that hey, you know, don't don't corrupt the little blonde girl and turn her into your your spooky protege that has a bad record on uh, wrestling television. Uh, I didn't see yours, Mike, but I did also see Crass Pants, which would just said cheerleader corruption live on AEW Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah whoever did the uh john silver taking out his frustrations in the main event i think that was you uh yeah. nate uh yes they could never, also never do that. far from my mind when i think about john silver <laughs> as i'm taking out his frustrations <laughs> yeah well they could they could do some similar youtube content uh That's right. with julia hart here cheerleader julia becoming more and more corrupted this is yes maybe money you know i really liked this um first of all malachi black was just like adrift after the cody thing so we get him a little match so that's nice how Julie... can you tell that the cody thing ended i don't understand how we it like just well happened. we have no idea well because cody just stops things just, you know, it's just over right just because cody started a new angle you're right that's why because yeah. cody started a new angle so <laughs> it's like oh okay that's over now yeah. So, you know, we always talk about the uh, the whiteboard in the back. Like, I think tonight before the show, Cody just erased what was next to his name and started writing like TNT title match with Sammy. And so that's how everybody knows. Oh, I can do another. I can do a different story now. All right. Let's move on to what we didn't like from the show, which, frankly, for me, there wasn't much. So I'm interested to see what you guys come up with. Uh, Nate, what was your least favorite thing from the show? No, I pretty much liked everything. So I had you had to nitpick between two fine but not great promos by two teams um, who you know I'm I'm hot or cold on given any any week. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the FTR and Tully Blanchard promo mostly because Tully <laughs> stinks. Uh, and he like started a promo and forgot where he was going within the first, I don't know, eight words, uh, adds nothing, has a shiny jacket. Uh, yeah, you know, they're going to start letting these contracts run out here in the coming months. The totally adds nothing to anything. And then the FDR guys did fine. Uh, you know, they said that this is the most important match of their career, which they do for every single match they have. So that's fine. Um, yeah, that was it was between this or the the many of the year promo, and I'm going with this. Yeah, it, and it's something that's like the the fact that you just like yeah, your partners of AAA, but you've already kind of like dismissed this match by saying like, oh yeah, we've already beat you, but we're going to beat you again in a way. Like yes, it's a title match, and I know Aaron, that's one of your least favorite things is beating champions and then get to get a title match, but like. 
it just is like at a point here with like FTR and Lucha Brothers where I'm just done with this at this point. And yeah, like eventually FTR is going to have to get the belts back to someone in AAA and do this. And more likely than not, if it's not going to be happening on AAA TV, it's going to be the Lucha Brothers. But just like when like the show was like completely like going boom, 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 boom. Like you didn't have to have this promo. You can say like, all right. We're actually having the match. We didn't get to have it last week. We'll have it this week. You could have done this with the title card, but this did not need to be on TV. Uh, yeah, I mean, this would have been my pick, but my primary complaint about it is just that it they didn't say anything. I mean, it just like didn't mean anything. It wasn't interesting. It didn't add anything to the story that... I don't know how long it's been going on, but it feels like years at this point that these two teams have been feuding and there's just like nothing new to it. You know, just, you know, I'm not a wrestler, never been a wrestler. Little tip though, for me to wrestlers, when you're starting a feud, maybe think of like what the story of the feud is and then start it out a little more slowly and then build over time. So you can like have other things to drop in in your later promos that you have to cut about the feud. Just a thought from one storyteller to some other. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even like the feud doesn't even bother me. I think it started off pretty well and it hasn't become totally tiresome to me yet, but this didn't add anything to it. And Phoenix, you know, having visa issues or whatever, obviously probably threw a wrench in their plans. And then so they had to do a replacement tag. And then I don't even know what happened in Mexico. They made it a ladder match out of nowhere, I think. Yeah, it, it was a ladder yeah. match. For whatever reason. Which they explained, they were, Cubs fan theorized they were going to explain in the promo, but then just never got around to it. So, I don't know, maybe this is just being true to the the AAA promo style. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I did like the theory of that they pulled Phoenix because they didn't, they were doing a solid for AAA. And was like, hey, we don't want to beat your champions a night before a pay-per-view that they won. I did like that, but I don't know if Rampage is on in Mexico, so maybe not. I think somebody said it was visa issues. I think Meltzer okay. said it was visa issues. Okay. Okay, but that was that's confusing to me. He's from Mexico, right? Yes. Yes, he's yes he's Mexican. That's Correct. why he couldn't he couldn't travel to Dynamite, but he could travel to AAA. Oh right, the show he missed was Dynamite, not the AAA yeah, yeah. show. Yeah. It was actually. Uh, I would like to say it was not confusing at all that it could have been visa issues. That's the point I was trying to make. Right. Okay. No, I follow you. It I guess. wasn't confusing at all. Mike, your delete pick? Yeah, man. There was really only one super bad thing, and Nate took it off. I'm just going to say something that kind of bothers me then, and uh, I get it. The 2012 to 2017 New Japan Junior Tag Team Division was awesome. But if you're going to have their Ponky Vice theme play and like have this all be like, oh, it's a reuniting, it's reuniting, it's reuniting, and they don't do the hand five and you don't catch the hand five because the Trent home, the, the Trent homecoming in return, they do like two hugs and they do a hug with Sue, then why are you playing the damn thing? Like, I get it. You like the song, you like the 2012, 2017 New Japan Junior Tag Team Division. We all do. But if you're not going to get Rocky jumping up for the high five with Trent, then what are we doing? with that thing 
I gotta disagree because the theme rocks. I think it's I think it's very funny that Tony obviously loves the theme and will play it for no reason. He That's probably loves me. it more than the uh, best friends thing. If he could have him come out to Rapongi, that Rapongi thing, he would. Well, I, you know, they actually came out to the best friends theme, which I thought was kind of remarkable because Orange was there, and usually when Orange is there, they'll be like, "Hey, play the Pixies." You know, Orange is our biggest star here, uh, but they did play the best friends theme for that. Um, and I don't know. I never. I always thought the high five thing was kind of dumb, so I'm pretty much fine with them not doing it. Uh, I mean, it, that was their their whole shtick, but it never really seemed very cool to me. It was like, okay, yeah, the the one junior is super tall. That's funny, I guess. Um, but I will shout out. Uh, I do. I follow a Japanese Trent super fan who whose account I really like. Um, and I she either tweeted or retweeted at some point a Japanese user's observation that. Tony Khan, whenever like the best friends or like Rocky Romero come up, will always say in interviews like, oh, I love Rapongi Vice. I'm a big Rapongi Vice fan going back to wherever. Uh, And he's never actually said that about the team, the best friends, (laughs) which is funny. Just Tony. Tony's like, yeah, Rocky Romero. I love Rapongi Vice. Yeah, no. Yeah. Trent has another team, too. Sure. Uh, That's all. Do you think he has? Chuck signed, and I don't think Chuck is one of the people who's at risk of getting not renewed. Do you think he has Chuck signed because he wanted to get Rapongi Vice eventually into AEW, and this was like his like three year plan? Like we're going to get mm. better with New Japan. Rocky is going to get stuck over here in a pandemic, and then we have a Rapongi Vice reunion. I like that theory, uh, although it probably doesn't uh, hold up to scrutiny because. That's when like Trent and Chuck like walked out on their future New Japan bookings. Right. That they yeah, were they were next. They were next. <laughs> right. Uh, although they did, Chuck did turn into a bunch of killer plunder match performances uh, when he was on his way out. Anyway. Um. But yeah, I uh, I became more convinced here in this segment, going back to the the segment that when Okada comes in, he has to come in strictly as a best friends member and get out of Sue's van and pal around with Chuck and Trent and Rocky. Uh, and just never do the the Rainmaker Kenny Omega match thing at all, and just entirely be a goofy guy hanging with his goofy friends. That's that's all I want. I'm just looking at other junior tag champions from that time and thinking about uh, who Ooh. I want to come in next. If that's Taka what we're and tai Chi? doing, Taka yes. and tai Chi. yes, that's it. Never mind. I can close this <laughs> Wikipedia page. <laughs> they can they can do the one spot where uh uh taka pins a person when they're not legal and taichi counts the tag and they celebrate that always popped me that's another guy i fucking love taka michinoku <laughs> we should just like, like a, a real sleaze master just watch a whole lot of michinoku pro like he's always been awesome yeah i'm just a big taka fan taka you know if they just booked this promotion around Taka Michinoku, Trent, and Rocky Romero, I just think it'd be better off. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, again, we all loved 2012 to 2017 <laughs> New Japan Juniors. <laughs> I, guess, like, I guess I do too. Yeah, I mean, Red Dragon's coming in. They're right. Come on. They're, he's completing the, Tony's completing the set. It's really going to be <laughs> Taichi and Taka are going to be his white whale. And then, no you limit. know, Tai Chi was it? Team I, I want to see next. Was it Tai Chi who made the? No, it was uh, Bushi who made 
you know, all the comments about all the Gaijin and the right. junior tag division or whatever, and nobody liking them or whatever. Oh, um, yeah. Bushi in the mud. Because the <laughs> rest of the junior tag division is running wild on cable television. That's right. But but Aaron, as you're saying, yeah, bring in No Limit. Well, what is that Tetsuya Naito guy doing right now? Yujiro. Come on. Let's see. I haven't it. heard of him in a while. Don't know them. Uh, my turn. This is an easy one for me. Uh, Adam Cole was on this show. No, it's all about the boom. Bullshit. Nonsense. <laughs> Hate it. Okay, last week they had him come out. They played his music to pretend he was going to do commentary, and then he didn't even do commentary. Why can't he have his music just to be with the Young Bucks? Also, that would be a funny bit, that he just comes out to his own music, and then the Young Bucks come out, or vice versa, however you want to do it. But yeah, just I don't like the song not being played. You could yeah. just mute your television and play it off Spotify. Well, I, I'm not Aaron Taub, you know, who apparently played it so much to get on his Spotify wrapped. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, it only I, I came mean, out in like August. <laughs> he, he had a tweet to, I guess, I'd see this on Spotify where you could do No, like later, a, September. You could yeah, do September. like a mixed playlist where it would like mix it with someone else. Sure, the you know? blend. So he did one with Alyssa, and it had all about the boom. (laughs) (laughs) That poor woman. Uh, I did like, even though Cole wasn't in the match, they still did the kiss spot. That was that was ingenious. Yeah, Uh, doing it for a a big fake dive instead. That was very cute. I I want to see best friends now that they're back together. I want to see them counter that spot by kissing butt on the mouth with tongue. That's fine, tongue or no tongue. (laughs) I just want to, I just want to see him kiss. You know, if they let CM Punk have like these entrances where like he comes out, does an entrance for whatever reason, they can have Adam Cole too. They can give him his 90 seconds. Like just take it from Punk once or twice. It'll be okay. Yes, that's fair. Uh, Listener delete uh, comes from our good friend, Aaron Quinn, a show on Long Island and no Matt Cardona. Real disappointing. Yeah, you know, I didn't think about it, uh, but I do like Matt Cardona now, certainly more than when he was in AEW. He's being, uh, <laughs> he's being better booked by GCW than AEW uh, booked him. Hey, but, he uh, was always great in AEW. Take that back. I mean, his hot tags were great. Whatever yeah, else were. he was doing was does non-existent really. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been funny if he showed up. They honestly had enough Long Island guys. I I mean, they could have used like saying uh uh Jamie Hader instead of saying she's from Southampton. They could have said she's from the Hamptons, so we had another like pop with that. Like that could have got the crowd behind the women's match before they started just having a bad brain classic. You know, I would have liked to have seen you know Matt Cardona come out uh, in just full cop uniform after his tweets today. You know, and just uh, lean into it. And yeah, he would have gotten a huge pop. The fucking Long Island IC. Come on. All right. That's it. Nobody's that excited to talk about Matt Cardona. That's fine. I'm always excited, but I'm not going to talk about the YouTube series. That's old and done. We're going to talk about the hot tag. We're going to talk about his incoming (laughs) NWA run, it seems like. 
All right, let's we'll get into the show then. It as well, we've already talked about the first like eighty minutes of the show, I guess. Uh, well, we didn't talk about the punk promo, uh, which was true. pretty good, mostly because he had like a, a a crowd that was heated enough to you know make his make his digs and his sports local sports team burns seem more effective than they might have been otherwise. Uh, but he literally said, and genuinely, I don't have an out here because he didn't know how to go home in this in that segment. Uh, and it was just like, ah, I'm going to call you guys chicken shits. Uh, if I put a swear at the end of it, that's like an ending point. Yeah, he, so he that had, was funny. By then, he had repeated the same things like three times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he just, uh, you know, it's, Tony has to give too much time to things, um, I guess. So, you know, most people get three minutes too long in their matches. Punk is three minutes too long in his promo. That's funny, him thinking they're like, fuck, I was supposed to do five minutes on this promo. Uh, I have nothing now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then they did the MJF pre-tape with the NFL Films uh, voiceover, the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royale. Um, got, it came down to Dante and MJF. As you said earlier, Dante eliminated Starks, tore off his FTW armband, and MJF eliminated Wardlow with Lee Johnson and Leo Rush at the same time. So that was the other like story point in the match. Uh, yeah, we even talked about the post-match. So, But we hadn't talked much about the actual Battle Royale. So if you guys have any thoughts on that. It was a Battle Royal. I mean, it was fine. I liked it, actually. Honestly, I think they're usually better. I think they're usually great at Battle Royales and setting up a bunch of big hot spots with their little stories going in and out of the middle of the ring. Uh, and this one had like the least of those, but it was still fine. Then we went into a, uh, an Atomico's match, Jurassic Express and the Varsity Blondes versus the Acclaimed and 2.0. Uh, Jungle Boy submitted Max Caster with the snare trap. Uh, there was a bit where Eddie stopped Daniel Garcia from interfering and then after the match, Eddie was saying something to Ortiz backstage. We couldn't hear it. There was a 2.0 and Daniel Garcia uh, versus Kingston and Ortiz brawl. I also want to throw in here because Max Caster mentioned it in his pre-match rap uh, that WWE ran this very building at the end of November and could only muster a lowly 5,887 fans, AEW uh, approaching 10,000 fans for this show. Yeah, uh, Max Caster said we're bigger in New York than New York, which I think was funny. Did take me a couple attempts to <laughs> to figure out the meaning of that. Uh, he needs to start putting his his raps up on Genius or something for all the <laughs> suburban whites like myself. Um, yeah, this was I, I really liked the Eddie coming out here. You know, Eddie was not like a run in that you like anticipated. Like, oh, of course Eddie's going to do an attack angle here. Uh, so it felt more like a organic kind of thing where he was mad at these you know canadian chuckle fucks um so he makes his run out to to cut off daniel garcia and then having him with ortiz in the back i guess uh santana nowhere to be found but if that's an indication that you know eddie uh you know his partner moxley's out uh and Santana and Ortiz have had one of the more inexplicable disappearing acts in this promotion, uh, where if they're not being heavily used by Chris Jericho, then they're just invisible and don't exist. So if this is to get them with Eddie, that's a great combination of two 
you know, great acts that uh, one of one of which is super over and the other one should be over, but isn't used. So looking forward to that. That's another thing where it's like, yes, this promotion is on the right track because they're finding something to do with all this talent that they've kind of let languish, I think. Um, yeah. So another good another good segment here. All right, and then we had uh, FTR and Tully backstage. We talked about Young Bucks versus Chuck Taylor and Rocky Romero. Matt pinned Chuck with the Meltzer driver. Yeah, and then we had a brawl with uh, Trent coming back at the end. And uh, Trent is, uh, has a shaved head now. He looks yeah. insane. <laughs> this big, big, serious singles push hairdo, maybe. Looking all yoked, too. I thought he looked good. I'm just going to be honest. He's always pretty yoked, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really do anything for me either way. I think Trent's a good-looking guy. Oh yeah, not disputing that he's a good-looking guy, but the hair is, uh, you know, non-factor really one way or the other. That's fair. Ruby Soho is backstage with Alex Marvez. He asks about Nyla attacking her. I'm always very her. fair. I don't know. You guys often accuse me of being fair. That goes without saying. I'm never unfair. I think sometimes you're unfair. I'm, just, who, who I'm gonna I'm be honest. Unfair to? Uh, me, I have not mostly. wished death on anyone. Okay. <laughs> um, mm, I might be uh, uh, harsh, but never unfair. Disagreeing with me is basically wishing death upon me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it I know feels that's the feel. same way. Uh, but it comes from a place of love, of course. Hmm. Hmm. All right. We'll uh, we'll revisit that. Table that. Ruby Soho's backstage with Alex Marvez. He asked her about the Nyla attack. Uh, shockingly, she is unable to respond before she's interrupted by the Bunny and Penelope Ford. Uh, welcome back, Penelope. They say that Nyla says they're first in line when she wins the TBS title, so they want. So, yeah, there's just going to be a six-woman tag with them and Ruby if she can find two friends. Uh, this will also shock you, but a fight breaks out. Uh, but Ty J makes the save, setting up a nice little trios match for Rampage. Nyla said, surprise, bitch. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yes, she did. The internet went wild, the, the surprise bitch. Then we had... Nyla is very funny. That's all. Oh, Nyla is very funny. Sammy Guevara was on the ramp with Tony. They're now doing these ramp interviews with Tony, which is you know very reminiscent of Nitro. Uh, Cody interrupts. He does not get the ace entrance. Uh, he announces that it's going to be him versus Sammy on Christmas. I guess that's the rampage that is going to be on... Christmas instead of Christmas Eve for some reason. It's not yeah. on Winter is Coming. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's on Christmas. Okay. Uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are in the rafters. Ethan Page is a little miffed that Cody gets a title shot without having to jump through hoops like he had to. And he also tells us that Dan Lambert is coming back. Scorpio points out that Sammy never wrestles anyone in the top five. Yeah. So. This was the other like kind of rough thing. I mean, Cody coming out was great. Uh, I was very amused by Cody coming out, getting booed, 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 getting booed hugely 
while having burns on his arm. I was taking the BU from burns and putting it with booed for some reason. Uh, He had burns on his arm, looked crazy, uh, but got booed big time. So that was very fun. Then him teasing that he's going to go to the heel tunnel and turn around and leaving the baby face tunnel again. Uh, I don't know why that's funny, but it just kind of is. Um, I don't really, you know, a lot of people trying to do this thing about Cody being this really smart, you know, wrestling mind or whatever. I don't think that's, I don't, I can't tell (laughs) what is and is intentional uh, on his part, but the reactions that he's getting are like the most heated things on these shows now. Uh, And it's kind of just fun seeing that. Sammy has to get rid of the vest. He's still doing the inner circle vest thing and it doesn't work for him at all. He has to get rid of that if he's, especially because the inner circle they're not doing anything with again. Yeah. So he's got to get rid of that and just dress normally. Uh, and then Scorpio Sky said, Tony, don't give this guy an interview. Give him some balls. Which <laughs> You're right. I'm, I'm forgetting makes, all the best lines. Which makes no fucking sense. Uh, you know, just <laughs> classic uh, lowest common denominator or laziest heel promo stuff where you either go, bitch, or you go, you've got no testicles. Uh, but him adding the extra element of Hey, not only do you not have any testicles, but Tony Schiavone is going to give you some testicles. Uh, made it truly incomprehensible and funny for that reason, but it was kind of bad. Ethan Page's like best heat line was like, "Hey, I you know I'm not really getting a huge reaction with this promo, but there's a guy who gets big heel heat, and he's coming soon." So that was kind of a little bit sad, I thought, for Ethan Page to be like, hey, remember Dan Lambert? Well, I'm his friend, and he's coming back. That was kind of a reach to me. Uh, uh, so, yeah, this was also not great. Nate, you think Tony Schiavone is the one that's handing out testicles in this promotion? Just I don't. Scorpio Sky does. Scorpio Sky told Tony, give him some balls. Okay, okay. You didn't think it was like Tony Khan? You think it's Tony yeah, Schiavone? No, I, I can't say who's distributing the balls. Uh, but Scorpio Sky gave the the clear direction to Tony Schiavone to give Sammy some balls. This was just like really bizarre. Like watching it like live, I was like, okay, this is going to some places. But like now sitting back at and and us reviewing the segment, the segment really kind of sucked. Like it, other than Cody just being just bizarre. Like bizarre Cody is something that amuses me greatly. But like Sammy cutting like. Not even cutting a promo, but just standing there awkwardly and looking feckless as a champion. Yeah. Uh, Tony Schiavone just being bewildered. And then men of the year in the rafters. We didn't say mention this. They're standing on like in the upper bowl, just shouting. Like, what are we yeah. doing here? Dead labor with, like, with like six random fans behind them. Looked <laughs> right. weird. Just, I, I, yeah, totally, totally sidelining Sammy and being like, no, Sammy, I know you're the champion. We're not actually going to let you talk here. You just have to like kind of stand while other people yell at you that also does him no favors in this this hamstrung title reign but has i will he say talked, has he talked at all during like these challenges i don't think he's talked at all during saying like i'm accepting and then the heels punch him in the stomach yeah i think you're right i think he may have gotten interrupted on every single one where he was going to talk and then he got this little challenger came out but i will say at least cody you know they haven't given him anybody so far they gave him you know tony niece and jay lethal or whatever at least cody will 
you know, make the segment hot and we'll also probably make Sammy look like a way bigger baby face because Cody will get booed out of the building. So at least they're giving him like a hot opponent now. No, no, you're absolutely right there. It it is kind of wild that they're like booking this match now two and a half weeks out and it's like it's Christmas Day. Like, are we supposed to think that this is going to be a big drawing match at this point, given how they've booked Sammy and Cody being like booed out of the building at this point? Like you could have done this next week. You could have done this week after next. Like you could have built like you could have kept it like this instead of making this something off in the distance. They're doing this on a Saturday. Which feels distinctly like a lot of a lot of my opinions about AEW now are just like turning into my own psychoanalysis of Tony Khan. Uh, but it feels like Tony having listened to, you know, 20 years of The Observer and going, actually, Christmas used to be a big wrestling day. So I'm going to bring that back. Hey, TNT, can I have a show on Saturday for Christmas? I'm like, yeah, we don't have other new programming to put on Christmas. Sure. That's we what have it feels NBA like to me. all over uh, TBS. So why not? Or it's on ESPN. And, and Whatever it is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. It's the other big day. Okay, pretend we rewinded three minutes. They're booking him against a hot opponent. Yeah, he's on fire. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Good right. joke of the week, Aaron. Good joke Thank of the you. week. I'll, I'll get Murder Brian's feedback on that later. <laughs> yeah, Brian's going to say, yeah, one of the, one of the important things is to tell your audience how far back they have to remind <laughs> or rewind before you deploy the joke. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a pro. All right, then we had, you know, TBS title tournament video for Thunder Rosa and Jade. It was like all the other ones they've done mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, here's these two people that are having a match and they have vague um, things that they care about or whatever and whatever. It didn't matter, really. Yeah, I mean, this is all they do with Jade, really. Uh, Thunder Rosa said that money has corrupted you, which was a funny criticism. Like, did Thunder Rosa knew her, know her before she got money? And, like, she used to know Jade is, like, this sweet girl or something? That was a weird <laughs> detail to put in there. Whatever. <laughs> uh, now I want to... Not in this way, but now I kind of want to write uh, fan fiction about like Thunder Rosa and Jade knowing each other before before the money, before the fame. I don't believe for a, a second that you mean not in that way. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Then we had Riho and Jamie Hayter. Riho won with the Somato after the match. Brit attacked her. Then we had a video for a then-announced match for... Winter is coming. That is going to be Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. Uh, the idea here was Shida is still mad about Deeb interfering in the match with Nyla. And Shida was uh, showing off her uh, British accented English, which I always enjoy. Okay. Tony Shivani was again on the ramp with the Varsity Blondes and Julia. Oh, yeah. This was the Malachi Black thing. He missed Just- it, Julia. Julia screamed so loud that it woke up my dog. Like my dog was dead asleep. Woke up, barked once, went straight back to sleep. So great reaction. I did forget to mention earlier that uh, Julia did not point at her own name when she entered for the match, which was disappointing to me because that's my favorite part of the Julia Hart act. She should have come out and pointed to her name when she was announced as Julia. And also when Christian also came out for the entrance of Jurassic Express, but then left. 
But I also think he should have worn a Christian shirt. And then when they announced Christian, he could have pointed to his name also as like a little little gag. And then it was, uh, as Excalibur told us, it was time for the main event. We had Brian Danielson versus John Silver. Danielson won with uh, some kind of submission. Uh, after the match, he said, hey, I kicked everyone's head in. Wait a second. I haven't kicked John Silver's head in. I promise to do so. He does so. And Adam Page made the save. Good match. You know, Brian yeah. Danielson, he's great at this. <laughs> it's really good at this. He's really good as a sadistic dickhead. Uh, you know, got exactly what I expected and wanted from John Silver here. And, uh, you know, doing his big muscle spots. And, I, you know, his kicks kind of look better than Brian Danielson's. Uh, but also just a little funny, goofy things about Silver that make you love him. Like where... Uh, Danielson's kicking him in the head when he's got the the heel hook in or whatever. And Silver doesn't just like grit his teeth and go, no, I'm powering through it. No, he makes like crazy bug-eyed faces at him and, and looks wacky. So loved that. All very good. Uh, I will say the, the hangman save kind of felt perfunctory. It's like, you know, we know exactly what this is going to be. You know, he's going to attack Silver. Hangman's going to make the save. And, there, you know, there wasn't like an element of fire there or something where it really made you go, oh, yeah. You know, they're going at it now. This is like, I think the first time Hangman really got his hands on Danielson after killing the Dark Order for all these weeks. And, you know, it, it was just kind of, yeah, he's attacking him. You know, he he throwed a couple punches, didn't really connect them on him that well. And Danielson bailed out. So, you know, it wasn't a huge thing that fired me up big time for the main event, but didn't really need to be. You know, I'm still looking forward to it. Yeah, the match rocked. Uh, I I was hoping that like when Silver did his like, corner attack, they need to get some young lions in AEW, get some Nightmare Factory kids up there just to eat like his crazy run around the ring offense. Like that would have been sick. But like, it, it it's interesting to see Danielson kind of like take these matches, and in a way, Silver, with the exception of grappling, is probably the most similar to him. I would say out of anyone in the Dark Order. So like that was kind of interesting. And yeah. Uh, the post-match thing. I, I'm super stoked for the uh, title match. I think it's going to rock. It's just one of those things that, like, almost... Like, they've done, like, the great videos about it, and they did a great video to Road to, but I feel like it's almost like it's happening, and I'm not necessarily as... This did not send me off to Winter is Coming on a high, where I was really hoping to have, like, the big show close thing, whereas I think they've nailed it before. Yeah, and I agree that like it felt like we had a few weeks of build up to them actually get you know Paige getting his hands on him, them getting physical with each other in some way, and it did kind of come off as kind of um, flat. But yeah, it's okay. I'm not now. I'm I'm not like well, fuck. I don't want to watch this at all. I don't care about this match anymore. It's still exciting. It just probably wasn't executed as well as you would hope. But that was dynamite for this week uh if you enjoy our show i hope you will head over to patreon.com slash everything elite and support us we are currently uh only supported by our people on patreon so thank you to all of you and we invite everyone else to join we cover all the stuff that aw does we have a discord it's fun uh if you like old wrestling and i know nate doesn't uh i'll have a show coming out 
I don't know, soon. I've recorded half of it about, it's vaguely about Starcade 83, but it's really about like what everything that led up to Starcade 83, like the entire history of pro wrestling before <laughs> Starcade 83, but it's like 75 minutes. So it's not, you know, going to be too crazy. So that'll be fun. Uh, if that sounds interesting to you, go to patreon.com slash everything elite. Got to do awards this month. So if you want to vote that's on right. our awards, you got to subscribe this month, I think. Or maybe that's, that's right. next month that we'll actually do the voting. I don't know. We I haven't talked know. about it yet, but we always do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do the show this month for sure. I was thinking I need to put together like our two years of, of winners so that we can uh, reference that on the show. And we need yeah. to see if there's any category. We try to keep the same categories, but you know, there- sometimes we add a category. You never know about us. That's right. And our, our storied history of this being the third time <laughs> that we'll do this. Hey, that's pretty good. Uh, but it, yeah, I, I actually kind of enjoy it. It's uh, interesting to see where the, the listeners come down on the voting. Yeah. I, I got to say, Nate, uh, in my life, there's not a lot of things I've done three years in a row. I, I drop off of things pretty quickly and easily. So the fact that we've done it three years, I think, is a real testament to my uh, determination and discipline. We love to see personal growth in the context of fake pro wrestling awards <laughs> that we have created. That we made up. Okay. Rampage this week. So one thing we do is cover Rampage on our uh, Patreon. If you like Rampage, want to hear us talk about it, we do it over there. Uh, Drew Spears joined Mike Spears this weekend for an excellent episode of our show, uh, World Tour, which also, frankly, recently has included discussion of general wrestling news on uh, World Tour. It's becoming a tour of the world, that show. There you go. There you go. Th- this wasn't your strongest joke, but, but you know, I appreciate it. We're an hour two of the show. Uh, this, so. this wasn't a joke. It was real. Okay. The, the, then you need to, you, you need to like inflection it, man, because it sounded like you, you were doing that before. Yeah, no. Yeah, it, you, it need a... to, you need to preface it and say, okay, you don't have to rewind zero minutes for this one. Um, the, <laughs> the joke that I'm going to tell is directly related to what was just being spoken about. That's just give it a big okay. signboard joke right. coming. That's a good tip. I'm going to work on that. Joke tip. Uh, right. But yeah, no, it was, it was fun this week. Uh, Drew had explained to me what was going on at the NWA of Hard Times, which is a show that happened. And I still don't believe it really happened, to be quite honest. I have no idea whether it happened. Uh, but I do know that this Friday on Rampage, which has been filmed already, we will not only have Nyla, the Bunny, and Penelope Ford versus Ruby and Ty J. We will not only have Adam Cole versus Wheeler Yuta, but we will have hooks in-ring debut against fuego del sol some early buzz on hook going off the live reports here and uh his his theme music has been unveiled it is not a mikey ruckus original it is not uh yeah it seems like that after a ratings dip bring out the big gun bring out the one thing you kept in the holster i mean they're finally sending hook so that that's really and i mean he's also i don't know if he grew up in long island but i think he is a long island guy too so i mean they are just you know this was long island city not the not where ring of honor used to have shows 
<laughs> uh, and then Dynamite next week in Garland, Texas is the Winter is Coming show where we'll have MJF versus Dante Martin in the Dynamite Diamond Final. Uh, presumably Team Taz will have something to say about that match. Uh, we will have Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb and the AEW World Championship match, Adam Page defending against Brian Danielson. So a, a big card being put together for next week on Dynamite. So uh, we kind of talked about this on Light this week, Aaron. Uh, this Dynamite Diamond thing, is this like a trick that they keep on having MGF win this thing so they never have to have him be a championship so he never like really loses matches? But he still gets awards? Well, has he ever won uh, one of our podcast awards? I think that's a, that's also a question to think about. Is now I, finally the time when Wardlow turns on him so Dante Martin can win the match and you still protect MJF so he can wrestle CM Punk for the number one contender? Oh, I, I forgot to mention this about the Punk promo. Did he seem to suggest that whoever wins between he and MJF is going to be the next title challenger? Yeah, yeah he what, said. Yeah, explicitly his challenge about, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was very poorly included there in his in his rambling promo. And that was the one thing he only said once rather oh, than right. three times. Okay. I thought he said it probably three times. <laughs> I I mean it felt like he it felt like he was repeating himself a lot. For sure. So that's another interesting wrinkle, I think, in the whole dynamite diamond thing. Uh because if it's going to be MJF, he should obviously win that match. Unless, of course, they just do the Wardlow thing. And that'd be good. But is Garland, Texas the place to do the uh, Wardlow face turn? I mean... Hmm. How's the house? It's I, pretty solid, last what, time I saw. What are our friends on WrestleTix saying? It, it, I mean, we, you have to ask them about that, but... Uh, Kind of weird that like they announced a new Cleveland show, and you know Wardlow would drive the two and a half hours. Oh, that's to go work right. AIW. When's the so, Cleveland maybe, show? I think it's uh, late January, maybe February. <laughs> I'm just I'm now laughing about Nate saying, "How's the house?" <laughs> it just hit me again. <laughs> well, that's important. You got to have a big reaction for the Wardlow turn. <laughs> how's that? I just like the phrase "How's the house?" coming from Nate. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a main eventer. I want to know how big my 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 share of the gate is. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it just it reminds me of like Triple it's H coming like, out of your check, you fucking Mark. <laughs> reminds me of like, "Am I going over?" You know, from Triple H. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Well. I don't know. I'm done. All, all the answers to those questions. <laughs> so I think that's uh, our show for this week. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at everything AEW. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Nate is at Epitasis. Mike is at Fujiheya. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. And uh, head over to patreon.com slash everything elite and join us. That's it for Mike, for Nate. I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week. <laughs>